Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today on the show, we have Turner Wyatt with the Upcycled Food Association. Welcome, Turner. Thank you, Lee. Glad to be here. I'm so excited to learn what you're up to. Before we get too far into things, tell us about upcycled food. I've never even heard of that before. Can you share a little bit about uh, mission purpose of the association and what exactly upcycled food is? Yeah, you're not alone. Most people have not heard what upcycled food is, which turns out to be kind of a problem. (laughs) And I like to say that upcycled food is the easy way for everyone to prevent food waste with the products you buy. And right there, you're already seeing why it is a problem. Probably most people know just inherently now, food waste, huge issue. It's like 30% of all food goes to waste. Roughly a trillion dollars of of food goes to waste every year. Um, And according to Project Drawdown, preventing food waste would be the single most effective solution to global warming. So it's a big problem. um, And upcycled food is kind of the big solution that allows anyone to help contribute to food waste prevention every time they walk into the grocery store. And so upcycled products are new products, nutritious, healthy, useful products that are made with otherwise wasted ingredients. It's as simple as that. So, and so our organization, yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm just trying to get clarity. Like, it seems like the recycling people have like good PR people so that that's a word that's kind of common. People understand it. Upcycling. I mean, I think I've heard it in some um, in non-food related things, but this is the first time I'm kind of connecting dots on how it pertains to food. So the right. the premise is that food waste is happening. We are all aware of that. It isn't just that, oh, I ate too much on my plate tonight for dinner and I'm throwing some of it away. It's happening at all stages of the production of food. Correct. Yeah. And even if you're perfect, even if you're the stickler that that sneers at the guy next to you who takes one bite of his sandwich at the restaurant and sends the rest back. Don't we all hate to see that? Mm -hmm. Well, even if you're not that guy and you don't have any waste in your own refrigerator, you label your refrigerator and you shop a few times a week so you don't overbuy and you do all the things that, and you compost, right? You do all the things that we can do at home to prevent food waste. Even if you're perfect a hundred percent of the time, there's still a ton billions of tons of food waste that are happening out there elsewhere in the supply chain that have nothing to do with what you consume inside of your home until now, right? So until now, until upcycled food, your impact on food waste was bound to the four walls of your kitchen, of your home. And now with upcycled food, it helps you prevent food waste that's happening, happening elsewhere in the food supply chain, elsewhere in the world, because it turns that otherwise wasted food into a new product that you can buy. So a couple examples, everyone always asks for examples. So here's a few for every beer that you produce, there's a ton of wasted spent grain, 
So the beer brewing process really isn't just one ingredient that you get out of that beer. You get at least two. You get beer, and then you get spent grain. And you get a lot of it, like billions and billions of pounds every year. And it's really nutritious stuff. You can make all kinds of stuff out of it. You can make uh, flour, and you can make chips and crackers and anything that you can make flour out of. You can make barley protein. And Molson Coors and AB InBev have both gotten into the barley milk industry to be a part of the hugely growing plant-based milk um, industry, right? And they, AB InBev in particular just invested $100 million in a, in a new barley milk processing plant in St. Louis. So it goes to show that businesses have a huge incentive to prevent their waste, obviously, that's like one of the acute tenants of business, reduce your waste to zero if possible. And what this new movement is doing is it's showing businesses, hey, consumers who we all know are increasingly concerned about the sustainability of the products they're buying will buy, actually want to buy, most of them want to buy products that are made out of otherwise wasted food. And isn't that great? Because all these big companies are making big, really aggressive um, statements about what they're going to do about climate change by 2030, by 2035, we're going to be carbon neutral, all this stuff. They have no idea how they're going to get there, Lee. But as a food business, you can get there by commercializing your otherwise wasted food. And we at Upcycled Food Association our support network, we're here to make sure that when you do create an upcycled product, you're successful. Now, uh, when you're leading an organization that has kind of this kind of education and awareness challenge, uh, that to me would come with its own set of challenges by itself. Just that challenge of people don't even know that this is important and there's, and this is not it's a, a dream that could come true if, if more people were aware of it and just kind of, um, you know, we get the word out a little bit about it. Now, in the industry, I would imagine, like you said about business, business people don't like to just accept the fact that, oh, well, we just have to throw all that away and that's just the way it is. I mean, is, is creatively, aren't they always trying to kind of extract extract more value out of all their assets and in the, in this case they don't want to look at the view their waste as as waste they want to view it as a potential asset in some form like so was this of already course. happening internally and it just there wasn't kind of the awareness in the consumer's mind at least that hey um why don't we just make an effort to at least um start purchasing stuff some of this stuff mm-hmm so of of course they are Lee, and that's a and that's a good point and a good question. And in some cases, companies are doing, you know, things like turning it into animal feed or turning it into fuel or just composting it. Like those are all good things to do. The worst case scenario is that the food goes in the landfill. So yeah, in some cases they're they're doing something. And what we're, our movement is all about highest and best use. How can you? If you're sending it to like a pig farm now, but it's something that could easily be commercialized into a raw ingredient that could be used in human cosmetics or companion pet food even, or food for human consumption, 
that's a much higher value. And so if we can kind of institutionalize this, this concept of highest and best use, always looking for highest and best use, that's what's going to make this industry more the, excuse me, the whole consumer product industry, but particularly the food industry more successful. Um, So so having that true North, but having that true North is kind of, that changes the paradigm at that point. Right. Exactly. So now we're no longer just trying to use it, you know, in any way we can. Now we're saying, you know what, let's rethink this. Here's something we've been using it this way. Maybe there's a better way to use it. And that's part of the association is to educate them and say, Hey, you know what? You people have been doing this, this way. Have you ever thought about this? Cause this, you know, this smaller company over here was doing this with the stuff you're throwing away or you're using in the, in this yeah. manner. And, and it really is the small companies that are leading the charge. We have about 200 businesses across 20 countries or so. And most, you know, there's a handful of them that are the big CPGs, Dole, Mondelez, Target, um, Del Monte, U.S. Foods, you know, the biggest food companies in the world. Um, but most of them are startups. And so they're the ones innovating and and I want to go back to something that you that you asked about before, just to reiterate. There's there's another reason that that we that we have to kind of be pushing on this for businesses to to take hold of this. I was recently talking to a, a growing oat milk company. They're venture capital backed, and their charge from the top is make as much oat milk as possible. You know, we're we're between fundraising rounds. It's a super competitive space make as much oat milk as possible. And obviously when you create oat milk, what are you also creating? A ton of oat pulp, many millions, billions of tons probably. Um, And so there's also, it's not just, yes, businesses should be inherently seeking out efficiencies and seeking out innovation to reduce waste just from a financial perspective. But because of, the competitive nature and the financial pressures that a lot of these companies are experiencing, sometimes it's just not on their radar. We'll figure that out later. We'll figure that out five years down the road. And five years later, they've ended up wasting just an obscene amount of this ingredient that they could have been commercializing all along, but it wasn't a priority. So what we're, like you said, it's a paradigm shift for businesses to rethink What's the highest value and best use of this ingredient that we can that we can use right now? Um, and consumers want that. Consumers want to see businesses act more sustainably. The reason that we're here is that 99% of consumers agree that food waste is a problem, right? Yeah, I, I, I mean that's that's people. just common sense, right? Like, like it's a duh a totally. moment, right? Where you're like, of course, we, no We're one wants taught. to waste anything if they can possibly help it. Help, We're help. We're all them. taught as kids, don't right. waste food. Yeah. Never waste food, right? Right, and and so and the, and then sadly, there's you know food insecurity issues that are happening, you know, while we're wasting all this food. So it's just it's the the food isn't going to the right places at the right time. Uh, is part and of ultimately the it's going to come down to absolutely. Yeah. And I was the executive director of Denver food rescue for seven years, which is a hunger relief, food security, health equity, nonprofit in my hometown, Denver, Colorado. And we did a lot of that work. And the reason that we started upcycling was to just 
make ourselves more financially independent. We had all the this excess bread. Well, let's turn that into something that we can actually make money off of so we don't have to beg these foundations and high net worth individuals for the money that we need to do something that we all benefit from, right? Because food security is a, is a huge issue. Um, and so is food waste. And these are, these are things that 90, 95% of people want to do something in their own lives about food waste. Where, where do we ever see that kind of alignment in society with something, especially with something environmental and especially with something environmental that makes businesses more money, which is usually an oxymoron. Right. right? It sounds like you're, you're doing the right thing at the right time. It's just a matter of, of making more people aware of it, that it's, it, becomes so there's something actionable that people can do in order to um, solve the problem. Right. And the reason we think that an association is the right way to do that is, is this, okay, you're absolutely right. We need to educate more people. 80% of people would want to buy more upcycled products. So the vast majority of people are interested in buying more upcycled products, but right now, less than 10% of people even know what upcycled products are. So there's a huge consumer education gap. We as an organization are pretty small. We've only been around for two and a half years. Any of our companies, you know, some of them are really big. Um, most of them are really small. And, but together, you know, any, any one of these companies that might have, you know, one, five, $10 million in sales a year, they have 15, 25, 50,000 followers on social media. And that's a small company. So when we use our collective voice and we align this industry to all be saying the same evidence-based messaging that works with consumers to answer their questions about what upcycled food is and help increase access upcycled food systematically as a collection, as a united front, that's where we're going to see this industry shift. So we're really excited about our model because it's a community organization. We're, we're not doing anything, uh, you know, unique. All we're doing is bringing this group of businesses together and amplifying their voices so that collectively they can, help to close that education gap and, and tell a lot of people about just what is upcycled food and what's the power of it and how delicious is it and where can you buy it? And when you buy it, you should feel good about yourself because you're preventing food waste and everyone loves that. So now when you were launching this concept, when did you start getting clues like, Hey, this is something that is going to work and that we're getting traction by the right folks and that um, it's making a difference. Well, before we even formally organized the association, everyone who we were talking to, all these upcycled food companies were saying, oh, I've thought of this. We need to create a certification. This is such a good idea. I thought of an association for upcycled businesses. We need to create a standard for product certification. Like everyone was saying that. And so we knew from before we even started the company, like, okay, there's something here because the people with the lived experience of the problems that we would ostensibly be trying to solve are all saying that they've thought of creating this type of business to solve those problems before. So we knew we were onto something right off the bat. We started working towards a product certification and today we have the world's first and only third party verified 
product and B2B ingredient certification for upcycled products. It's called Upcycled Certified. And within its, it, we just started it less than a year ago. And within its first year, we expanded it internationally to Canada from the U.S., um, within its first year, we started a, a partnership with Spins, where Spins is tracking Upcycled Certified as a Spins is a big retail level sales data provider. They count, you know, what people are buying and how much of it at grocery stores. So they're tracking Upcycled Certified as an attribute, and what we're seeing is that up, sales of Upcycled products are growing by anywhere from four hundred percent over the last twelve months in some channels, all the way up to 1,100% in other channels over the last 12 months. So huge growth here. And what the certification does is it allows us to kind of consolidate all this data about the industry because for any SKU, any product that applies, they have to tell us, here's how many pounds of food waste are being prevented as a result of that product. And so collectively, we can say, okay, there's been about 250 products that have been certified so far, 250 upcycled certified products thus far. Together, those products are projecting to prevent more than 840 million pounds of food waste this year. And if they are growing by 1,100%, next year, it's going to be a lot more. By the way, we're also certifying a lot more. So um, it, it appears... You know, as consumers, especially after the pandemic, care more and more about the sustainability of the products they're buying and the way that people are treated, who are involved with the, the production, distribution, retailing of the products that they're buying. This is aligned with the, the way that consumers want um, grocery stores to be providing for them. And so... Um, yeah, we're, we're, I mean, we're two and a half years in, we're less than one year into upcycled certified and we're just super, super excited for what the future might hold. Yeah. I would think it would even go beyond the actual upcycled product. I would, if I was a manufacturer, I would be saying, Hey, we manufactured this thing and it also spun off these 14 upcycled products. Like I, you know, on my product that wasn't upcycled, I'd be bragging about how, because of us making this, we already right. created these other things. So we I'd be using it. it everywhere. Um, right. Well, look at AB InBev. They just bought, they just invested a hundred million dollars in a spent grain processing facility. Um, Another another example of that Barry Calibo, who's a member, they the world's largest chocolate supplier. One in five chocolate products is Barry Calibo chocolate, and when you produce chocolate, which is made from cacao seeds, what else do you produce? You produce a ton, millions of tons actually, of cacao fruit. There's a delicious white fruit that sort of envelops every cacao seed, which is what you ferment and dry and turn into chocolate. And so they have created this whole new brand around, um, they call it whole fruit chocolate around, um, utilizing that ingredient of the cacao fruit. And you're seeing all kinds of companies using cacao fruit now. And it's like, it's, you know, my, my prediction would be, it's going to be like one of these, one of the next trendy superfood ingredients that you're going to just find in everything. So, yeah, I mean, companies are saying, well, we're already producing this stuff. Finally, the consumer attitude is in a place where we can rationalize commercialization. 
Yeah, it must be so exciting for you to be kind of on the forefront of this and and be working with so many nimble startups that are playing in this space, as well as these established brands that have kind of the, you know, they they spill more product than these startups create in a year, you know, and so we're together that they're trying to solve this big problem. I mean, it must be so exciting and rewarding for you. Totally. Oh, I mean, my, my dream, I say this all the time. My dream is let's get 0.0001% upcycled ingredient inclusion in Oreo. Right. Right. Exactly. Like some of these products are so scaled up. It doesn't matter if you put like, a drop, a micron of upcycled ingredient in, in each, you know, Oreo cookie. We sell so many damn Oreo cookies that that would prevent a ton of food waste. Right. The impact um, is so ginormous. You can't even, huge. It, it's hard to even kind of picture it in your head, but that's, that's what it takes though, is that you decided to be the change you wanted in the world and you're making it happen. Congratulations. Thanks Lee. Thanks Lee. really appreciate that. And then um, for folks out there that are the leaders of an association like this, when you're trying to kind of create this energy and this excitement around, it's it's not that it's a new idea, but it's new to a lot of folks. Is there anything that you, like, is there a mentor? Was there some inspiration for you to, to be the one that is kind of pushing for this change? Uh, for anyone out there listening that could be a mentor, <laughs> I think I could use one. No, I, this is, this is the fourth food waste related organization that I have, I have founded and the previous three have done very, very well. Um, but this is the first association. And so I, you know, sometimes Lee, it feels like we're rowing a boat downstream and we're just trying to just stay above water. And this concept is just so good that we're kind of riding the coattails of, of the concept. And here I am at the, at the helm of it. Um, and you know, it's, yes, it's really exciting. And also I have so much to learn and I just try to stay humble every day and open to feedback and open to improvement because it is, um, it, it's a different world when you have 200 plus 220 members um, that are all competing with each other and they all have their own businesses. Like this is their livelihood. And so um, it's really, it's a huge challenge, but a huge opportunity because like you said, these are the businesses that have the ability to scale up the scale up these solutions over the very short time frame that we have to address some of these problems. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's worth it. Is what it I'm it's a hundred percent worth it. And it's, and I hope that these larger companies see these smaller companies not as a threat, but as a partner and can really make a difference in those smaller companies' livelihoods and lives and make a big impact in this challenge that you're facing. I mean, I think that this is about collaboration and working together rather than, you know, feeling like we're competitors and this is somebody that's nipping at our tails. I mean, I think it, that this is a time for everybody to collaborate. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the only way we're going to get it done. 
So if somebody wants to learn more, uh, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, be a member, like, because the members, I would imagine, are everybody related to the food industry, right? Manufacturers, distributors, you know, marketers. Distributors, ingredient companies, CPGs consultancies, researchers, retailers. Does it go down to like even restaurants or restaurant owners and things like that? Or is this more in the manufactured uh, food space? We don't have, I mean, we don't have a ton in the restaurant space right now, but I would love to go there because chefs are natural upcyclers. Right. Any special you've ever had from a restaurant? That's just. Exactly. They're the, they're the king. They they think of this every day. (laughs) This is something that's top of mind every day. And they're also cool. And, you know, if you can make upcycled food really sexy and delicious in a cool restaurant, that's another way to get it to catch on. Right. right. So, and to get the consumer to be aware of it. Hey, upcycling, that's a thing because exactly. we do it. And then it translates into these other areas as well. So, yeah, uh, that's a great idea. Um, and so the website is upcycledfood.org. Upcycledfood.org. We have a pretty strong LinkedIn presence. Those of you on there have a pretty strong um, Instagram presence for those of you on there and just reach out or, you know, like, like all associations or like many associations, I think we're, it's a community organization. We're just getting started. We're building this movement. Um, We're open to feedback and we want to collaborate with as many people as possible. So I, I look forward to hearing from people. Well, once again, congratulations on all the success thus far and you're doing important work and we appreciate you. My absolute pleasure, Lee. Thank you so much for having me. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Association Leadership Radio. 